You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Eagles are on the clock, and we here at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation welcome you in to episode two of the 2020 BGN Draft Specials. I am your host, Michael Kiss. Follow me on Twitter at MichaelKissNFL, that's K-I-S-T. And we just wrapped up day three of Senior Bowl practices, so we've got to talk about winners and losers, and the boxes checked or still unchecked with these 2020 NFL Draft prospects down here in Mobile, Alabama. If you missed the day one recap, make sure you go back and listen to that as well, and make sure that you're subscribed to this feed right here to get all the Eagles content that you need in your life. Also follow at BGN underscore radio on Twitter to keep updated on when these shows are dropping into your feed. And with that out of the way, let's talk about these three days of senior bowl practices. Let's kick it to my chat with Eric Turner of Cover One. And joining me today for this draft special is a good friend of mine. He is Eric Turner. You can follow him on Twitter at cover underscore one underscore Eric brother. Good to be here with you. How you doing, man? Not too bad, man. It's been a while. It's yep. been a long time since we've been on the same show together, man. You're, yeah. you're big and famous now, dude. You big time me now? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. When I had to bring you in, help you, help you get some publicity out there. Yeah, you know, yeah. get, 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 give it back. But no, me, me and Eric go back like a, a long time doing this stuff. We interact all the time on Twitter. We're staying at the same doggone B&B here in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah. So this is a guy that really knows his stuff, and I really respect the heck out of his opinion because he's constantly working on his craft. So having you here to talk draft is awesome. It'll be great for the listeners. First thing that I wanted to ask you out of the gate, because Cover One focuses on the draft, but they also have a focus on the Bills as well. You're a Bills fan, Dirty Dirty Bills yeah. fan. We've gone back and forth. Big Josh about Allen fan, let me tell you. Both of us in this room. <laughs> Both of us in this room are huge Josh Allen fans, probably for different reasons. Yes. I think he's very, very entertaining. Uh, but obviously, you know, the Bills are going to be looking to improve their squad so they're not one and done again. Sorry to bring that up. That's okay. As far as just so I can kind of get like a framework of the guys that you were looking at so people can understand and also if Bills fans are listening as well. What, what were you looking for from a Bills lens positional-wise, talent-wise, stuff like that? Well, from looking at your timeline, your listeners will know that Josh <laughs> Allen has, an, you know, a little bit of an accuracy issue. So. Yeah. And the Bills receivers are, they're, they're known as the Smurfs. They're all under six foot pretty yep. much. So we're, the Bills are looking for a contested catch guy, a jump ball guy, 50-50, you know, back shoulder type guy. So this week I've been kind of focusing on some of those guys, you know, the Michael Pittman Juniors, the Chase Claypools, guys that have that you know, catch radius because Josh needs those kind of guys. Uh, outside of that, edge rushers, I mean, you know, the Bradley and Nyes, who I'm sure we'll talk about, Josh Uche is from Michigan. So guys like that um, who I've been focusing on because, in the first couple rounds, those are, those will be the positions that they're going to look to upgrade. So looking at those wide receivers, let's talk about those big contested catch type guys because a guy that has been lighting it up all week and had a huge day three was Denzel Mims. But first, I kind of want to qualify what's going on here with the drills and we can kind of talk about what you should take away from it and what people might take away from it and maybe kind of put an outsized emphasis on what it is. Because I mean, like day one, 
each team maybe have like five minutes of one-on-one. So we're declaring these winners and losers based on very few reps, which can be dangerous. So just as far as the one-on-ones go, how do you feel that they can kind of be over important? And and what are you really looking for there? What's important to you? Well, I mean, first of all, yeah, you have to keep it in perspective, right? Like this is an all-star game. It's geared towards, you know, putting guys that are along the same level or guys looking to prove and, 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 you know, improve their draft stock. Um, you got to keep it that in, in mind when you're talking about these one-on-one drills because they're not really realistic, yeah. especially the wide receivers and DBs. I mean, they have all day to run these routes. I mean, and it's it's nice to have you know guys like Van Jefferson, uh, KJ Hill. Those guys know how to run routes and know how to set up leverage. Uh, but it also takes four or five seconds for yeah. some of these routes to develop. So you got to keep that in mind, and you got to factor that in on the defensive side too when you're watching these cornerbacks. But it always comes back to it, it's the film, right? Yeah. That's that's why that's what we came up, you know, in scouting academy and everything. We're we're film guys, um, and so you always have to fall back on that. So while it's fun, and while you're gonna get a lot of who's and ha's uh, in in the stands and whatnot during these one on one drills, um, you gotta you know keep it in keep it in reference, keep it in perspective, and always fall back on the film. That's that's what the, you know that's my motto when I come out here and watch these guys play. Yeah, because, I mean, you watch a guy like Denzel Mims and he has this great week and everything like that. And the film does show a lot of that stuff at the catch point. Very good at timing his hands up, getting physical, but not without getting the penalty, creating that small window at the catch point where he can show the late hands. He's very nuanced there. And I feel like as a route runner, you know, his track background helps him and whatnot, but he is a work in progress there. So with Mims, I felt he won the week. I also thought he, I thought he showed better than I thought he would as a route runner, the, the eye-popping clips are going to be all over the timeline because the yeah. guy is a monster. But I do feel like there is some more work to do, and that work's going to be on the film. What did you think about his week overall? Uh, he had, he was probably the most consistent, right? Yeah. He, I mean, but the the traits that you saw on film, they translated here this week, you know, above the rim type player. And as you said, hands. I like his hands, not just, you know, at the catch point and him being able to jump up and win those contested catches, but I like how he's very subtle on his push-offs. Well, Today, he wasn't so sudden. <laughs> he, there was two penalties on a couple pushbys okay. uh, coming back for the ball that uh, he was, uh, there were actually you know, flags thrown. But um, I do like, you know, it's very subtle and you won't really see him too often, uh, you know, extend that arm and, yeah. and, and get that call. But today, they, I mean, there were so many flags on this one play when he was trying to come back to the ball that it, it was almost like the flags were fall, falling from the rafters in, in the indoor stadium there. So um, I do think he was the most consistent this week. But to me, I mean, Van Jefferson from Florida, mm. man. Talk about him a little bit because he's a guy I really liked coming in. His film was fantastic, very nuanced. And he's a guy that uh, if, if you want to throw the ball to the middle of the field, he's a guy that can get there and make uh, a play for your, your quarterback. And some of his sl- just normal just slant routes, man. Yeah. The way he sets up the leverage and, and gets to the middle of the field, it's very pretty. And then his eyes, he changes the, the, the speed of his route stems, a lot of like, different paces. From the release all the way to the uh, top of the route, I think he was he was probably the best receiver in my eye this week um, on top of Mims. Speaking of Jefferson, what's funny is I went back to the tape on Jefferson this morning. I watched him against LSU because I wanted to see some against yeah. really good corners, right? So in that game, he goes 8 for 73 with two touchdowns. And in my notes, I mean, it's slant release. Crossover, slant release. Cro- you Has he really, like, he does it all, man. Yep. It's route, pretty, too. Route tempo. Like, yeah. all of that stuff, all of that was very pretty from mm-hmm. him on tape. So, it matched what we saw here, which is very important because totally. you want to make sure that that, that that checks out. So, Van, for me, older prospect, I'm not sure that I care because what I, what I saw from him, I'm comfortable 
with what he is. Yes. He's not he might not grow athletically, but I'm okay with who he is, so I don't I don't mind the age. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, I I'm not really big on the whole age thing yeah. and the whole market share thing, but that's not really my thing. I'm just I'm mainly a film guy, yeah. but I don't care. He's QB friendly. He he gets open mm. and he gets open at all levels. I mean, he he and he goes up and gets the ball. He's competitive. Um, he made some money this week. I, yeah. I think he definitely made some money this week. Okay, so let's go to another wide receiver that you thought uh, improved his stock. We'll go with the Ohio State guy. We'll go with K.J. Hill. So K.J. Hill, a guy from Ohio State, uh, probably has to work in the slot at the next level, if I'm not mistaken, because there are some issues getting off of press there, the use of the hands, everything like that. But, I mean, the guy had a beautiful one-handed catch today that people already probably saw all over Twitter because I think everyone yeah, posted it. It's nuts. But, like, the, the the detail in his route running, the ability to separate is there for him. What do you think of his week? That, that catch that you're just talking about right now, um, it kind of it, – it was a good wrap-up to the week because, I mean, he's getting open everywhere yep. at all levels. When he caught that, the ball, he was going from right to left on the field because we're in the end zone. We only had to stay uh, – we had to stay in the end zone uh, for the practice today. The ball was coming from right to left, and he's running, and the ball comes behind him. He one-hands it <laughs> right into his palm, but he's not worried about pulling it in. Right. He's, it, it's like, it was like slow motion. He's pulling it in, but he's looking upfield to make a move. Yeah. And that right there was just, uh, a, you know – a good way for him to end the week because it showed his play speed. He's not even worried about, you know, because he knows what's up ahead of him. And that's yep. nobody. He's trying to get to the boundary. Um, I think that was just a good way for him to end it. And um, not many guys could cover him this week. Yeah. If you had to pick Van Jefferson or KJ Hill. Oof, man. I mean, I'd go with Hill because mm-hmm. then I, I think that's when the whole age thing does mm, kind of play okay. into it. Um, I think overall, I think Jefferson had a better week. But if we're talking... Um, and they're kind of different guys too, because like you said, one's going to be in the slot a lot yeah. more. So, I mean, you guys factor that into, and when you're watching receivers, right, you kind of have different buckets for slot guys yep. versus, you know, X's and Z's. So, mm-hmm. um, you got to keep that in perspective too. But I, I, I think, uh, it was a good, good day for him today. Another good day. You said, uh, before we were, were doing this show, we were talking about guys, Notre Dame, Chase Claypool, another bigger guy is 229 pounds. And this is a big dude. I thought he had a decent couple of days. And then today, you were telling me that he showed out much better. What do you think of Chase? Yeah, he had a great day today, and it was a good way to end it. And he had another one of those moments, too, because he was not only big-timing guys and, and breaking off some nice routes on special teams. That's how he's – if he's going to play in this league, he doesn't have to play special teams. And during a, a, one of the kick return drills, um, he showed a lot of hustle, got in his lane, got on his block, and the special teams coach came running 25 yards on the field and said, hey, good job, gave him some depth. Nice. So little things like that. Uh, for a guy like that, that's probably one of you know mid to late round uh, wide receivers. That's that's how you're going to get on the field, and that's what coaches love. And when you look at him, man, like he's a big guy, he's the big body receiver, but he's pretty cut. He's yeah. in good shape too. He's not he's not kind of like rail thin like Pittman Jr. Um, he's he's got some some muscle to him. Nice. So let's keep it on the offensive side of the ball. Let's go with the offensive line. Obviously, right now everyone is talking about the the Houston left tackle Josh Jones. We just got back to the room and we were watching some of him. Yeah. Uh, he's got some things to work on, but he showed out really well. But the two LSU guys really showed out. Talking about Cushy Bear. Oh, Cushy Bear. Yeah, man. Cushion Berry from from LSU, the center, and then the guard Damian Lewis. What did you like about their weeks? Uh, Cushion Berry yesterday for day two was my favorite player. He was he was the top player yesterday for me. Um, his quickness out of his stance is remarkable. His pad level is so low. I mean, he gets guys. His helmet's right under the dude's chin, and he's there so quickly. There's no way that the defender can uh, win leverage on him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know a lot of scouts were talking about him the last couple of days, and I think he definitely 
uh, helped improve his stock. I mean, some of his reach blocks. There's one clip on our timeline where he reach blocked uh, Kinlaw. It was just beautiful, man. It was yeah. one of the best reach blocks I've seen in the last couple of years uh, come down here to the Senior Bowl. So let's talk about some maybe some more interior offensive linemen. We can talk about Jonah Jackson from OSU, maybe uh, Bre- Ben Bredesen, Am yeah, I Bredesen, Bredesen? Yep. from Michigan, and a guy that we were watching film on last night, uh, John Simpson from, from Clemson. Wow was some really interesting tape to watch because he had some real pop. What do you think of those guys? Uh, I like Simpson uh, personally because, I, I mean, I watched him a lot coming here because he's a left guard. Bills kind of need to you mm-hmm. know upgrade there. Big guys, 330 pounds. You know, when he gets his hands on you, I mean, he's going to torque you, no problem. Yeah. Like, hands down, former wrestler, plays with decent leverage. Yep. Does get on his toes a little too often. Um, and he can, you know, that push-pull can kind of get him off, off balance there. But um, I think he's a guy you could tell – him and Stenberg, Logan Stenberg, which is the right guard from Kentucky, um, those two guys are probably the most powerful yeah. offensive linemen down here in Mobile. What about the uh, what about the other guards? The the guy from OSU, the uh, Jonah Jackson, and then and then Bredesen. Yeah, I like Jackson. He, you know, he um, it was his only year at Ohio State, but um, uh, it was nice to see him kind of bump over to the other side, play a little right guard too uh, this week. Uh, his hands weren't as good. His punch wasn't as strong and effective at right guard, but I thought this week. Uh, he did a really good job on, like, especially gap schemes. Yeah. He worked that 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 combination block, and then worked the backside linebacker sprung uh, Joshua Kelly from US uh, UCLA uh, yesterday. I thought he had a really good uh, week, and again, mainly in the gap scheme, though, mm. mainly in the gap scheme. So um, because his his footwork's not the best in my opinion, uh, but he did really well. Same with Bredesen; they're almost similar players. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd say Bredesen um, maybe isn't as nasty. But I, I like both of those players, and again, those are positions that the Bills are gonna, you know, try to look and upgrade. Are you buying the first round hype? I alluded to him, to him before. Josh Jones from Houston probably gonna start getting first round buzz after this week. Are are you there yet? No, 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 no. <laughs> Not after I see that vertical set he's doing right. right now. No, I have to watch more film on him. Uh, we did just, you know, watch one, a few one raps game. one yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, he has a back pedal for a vertical set, basically. So. Um, I do want to go back and look at some of his, some more of his film from this week too, because you know they put him in a lot of vertical sets this week, and yeah. so and honestly, he didn't. I I don't remember him really screwing anything up per right. se, but um, he's a he's a pretty athletic kid. I think he stood out more in the run game mm. on scooping to the second level on outside zone on the backside on one of the plays yesterday. Um, it was a zone runaway, and he was 10, 15 yards downfield from the backside, nice. making a block and springing a running back. So he's a guy that can get down the field at the second and third level. And if you're a zone team, I think he's a guy that will be right up your alley. So he's intriguing, but not necessarily first round we're buying. Yeah, but we're going to check the film, right? right? Yeah, that's, we'll that's... check the film. We'll, we'll be nice right now and check the film. <laughs> we'll, 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 yeah, we'll do the Hugh Jackson thing. So, But when we come back, we're going to switch sides from the offensive ball, from the offensive side of the ball to the defensive side of the ball. That's coming up next here on BGN. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And we are back here on BGN for this 2020 draft special. Michael Kist here with Eric Turner, brought to you, of course, by SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation. Let's get right to one of the guys that I really felt 
won the week. I was disappointed that Jeff Gladney from TCU wasn't wasn't going to participate. Disappointed that the LSU cornerback Christian Fulton wasn't able to go. But a guy that made himself a lot of money in all three days, very consistent performance from him, was Troy Pride Jr. from Notre Dame. Showed some great footwork, really sticky. He was running routes for guys all week. What did you think of Troy throughout the week? Yeah, I, I agree. He was probably the best DB this week. And I talked to some scouts today about what he's going to run and He's telling people he's going to run into four threes. That Ooh. would be wow. remarkable. I don't know if that's going to be to be the case, but uh, it was interesting to see him work outside, work inside. Um, he didn't get you know big body by some of the receivers of the, um, uh, during the drills. Uh, I think that his his lateral agility is phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. You know, and the other thing is like you got to keep in mind like this week there's only so many plays and so many routes that these teams and these receivers are going to run. And I felt like he was running the routes for them. Yep. So that, that route recognition and picking that up in mm-hmm. one to two days, that to me stands out about him. And um, you didn't see that much from other uh, cornerbacks um, this week. So that to me is something that you should keep in mind when you're watching film or when you're watching this on TV. That you know there are instances where these players are learning. And that to me, I love when you can see that or yeah. feel that. Uh, when you're on the field watching these guys. I think that also might be a sign of his preparation coming into this thing because he knows the wide receivers he's going to be going up against. He can study their tendencies coming into it, and that shows you like the kind of film work that he put in because you're right. I mean, he had had – you know, he was reading their minds out there, it felt like. Totally, and, you know, I was looking back at my notes of Michael Pittman Jr. Mm. and when he struggled. uh, Two of my notes were he struggled versus aggressive press-type corners Mm -hmm. against Notre Dame. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> against Notre Dame. And if you look back on Twitter and see a bunch of the clips from this week, Troy Pride, he gave it to Pittman this week. Yeah. Especially on those in-breaking routes he, that he knows that Pittman, you know, excels at. Mm. And so he was jumping those routes. He was in his pocket the whole week. And I, like you said, I, that's a good point about, you know, that film studying and coming in. How much work did these guys do beforehand? Not just working with the coaches and right. technique. But studying your opponent because that will help your draft draft stock, and we saw it with him. Yeah, yeah, it's time to make money, and you do it any way that you can. Speaking of guys that make money, we'll go to the defensive line now. Let's talk about a guy that that I'm very intrigued by. Didn't have a whole lot of production in college at Michigan. We're talking about Josh Uche. Had seven sacks uh, two years ago, and then seven and a half sacks this year. You wonder if because the dynamic production isn't there. But what I'm hearing is his stock is definitely rising. The guy is plenty bendy, has tools to work with. I think he could add some mass to his frame. But yeah. overall, what do you think about Uche? He is quick. Yeah. And he has re- remarkable bend. Um, there was one play uh, yesterday versus Heck, the tackle from uh, North Carolina, where he came around the corner. And I thought he literally put his hand down. But because from my angle up in the stands in the end zone, I couldn't see because there were guys in the way. Well, look at it from another angle. He never put his hand down, and he was literally just bending the, the corner there, <laughs> running the hoop and running back up into the pocket. So I also liked him in the two-man drills where they were working some stunts and some twists, and he won inside and outside. So as the looper, he was running from outside in, and he looped inside, and the guard had him squared up perfectly. It didn't matter. On one play, he, he took him back inside. On the other play, took him back outside on a twist. Mm. So And he had enough speed and, uh, and, and burst to finish at the quarterback yeah. all on him in the proper amount of time it would take on a normal play. So uh, he was interesting to see. I know there are a couple of plays uh, I saw also on Twitter where he's covering guys down, yes. down the field. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, so he did, you know, did some stuff off the ball, which he did kind of do at Michigan at times too. Yeah. Um, but he is a little light for your, like your base four, three defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, so the defensive coordinator is going to have to be pretty creative with a guy like that. But when they have athleticism, like he does, 
I mean, you can work with that. Yeah, you make it work. And another guy that was making it work this week, the other edge guy that really impressed me is Bradley Anai from Utah. Tell me about Bradley. Oh, my goodness. He's he's probably the most polished mm-hmm. uh, edge rusher here this week. Tons of moves. I mean, he, he showed them all today, uh, this week as well. I don't know how high his ceiling is, mm. but his floor is super high. Okay. So he's a guy that um, he doesn't have the closing speed. If you throw a tight end, if you have, uh, you know, that formation close and he's out wide and, uh, you know, seven or nine, I don't know if he's going to get home with a speed rush. Yeah. But if you have an open-ended formation and he's going against a tackle, he can beat down that edge and he'll do it with his pass rush moves, not so much with his closing speed. Okay. And let's keep it on the uh, on the defensive line. We'll go to the interior. Uh, a guy that I really liked uh, the film throughout the year, not the film, I was watching the broadcast copy. I hate when people do that. I was watching <laughs> the broadcast of Oklahoma and Nevin Gall- Gallimore was really impressive and you know he was getting some wins in one-on-ones. What do you think of his week overall? Uh, he had a great week. You know, yeah. um, I, I think there there's some refinement in his hands that's still needed because um, some of the uh, the chops and the swipes um, were effective, but he was also hitting guys in their head instead of in the shoulder pads. So, um, <laughs> but he's very explosive, and the thing I like about him, and the thing that excites me about him is, um, you know, coming from that Oklahoma system, you know, a lot of that tight front, a lot of that odd front look, played a lot of nose tackle. Yeah. Um, you know, put him at say a three tech, you know, some snaps at nose. When he gets NFL coaching, who you know how high is that ceiling? Yeah. Because when he gets NFL coaching, and we saw that yesterday prior to practice, uh, the defensive line coach for the Lions, Bo Davis, and Ty Warren, former Patriot, I didn't even realize he was a coach. Well, they were working with all the defensive linemen, Anai and all those guys. They were, uh, Gallimore was always the first guy up. He was mm. the alpha there. That's what you want to see. And the coaches were working with him on uh, defeating uh, combination blocks defeating how to get not to get reached on zone runs and he picked up on it really quickly and again that's not something he did a lot of at Oklahoma he was more of that that penetrating nose tackle one gap type of guy so he was not uh really tasked with reading run concepts and 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 leveraging properly in in that regard so that'll be interesting to see him at the next levels when he gets that NFL coaching and he's in a system for a few years because that ceiling could just go even higher. So I want to dial back to Notre Dame. I want to dial back to the defensive backs. And I want to talk about a safety. Number one, I thought, I thought the uh, the one safety, Alohi, what's his last name? Alohi. Gilman. Gilman mm-hmm. had, a, had a good week. And then he picked up an injury. wasn't able to finish the week, which is unfortunate. But his teammate, Jalen Elliott, had a good week, right? Yeah, he did. And he finished off again today uh, really well. He, he was a guy that was uh, playing a lot of single high today, especially like uh, from the 30 or 20 yard in. And he was calling out all the coverage, calling out mesh concept. Hey, watch out for the mesh. And he called it out because he saw that the Z receiver had a tight, nasty split. Yeah. Like just little things like that we love. You yeah. know, when you can, and that was cool about today is you were on the field with them in the end zone and you can hear the communication. He was always that guy in charge. Nice. And there was one play where a receiver was coming across the middle. The quarterback threw him the ball, threw a hospital ball, really. <laughs> and Elliott was lining up that receiver, but obviously he didn't he didn't unleash on him. Nice. Um, but he was like, yeah, he told the receiver, he's like, yeah, you're lucky you didn't go catch that. Because the receiver looked down, he dropped, he didn't go for it. <laughs> and Elliott was like, yeah, you would have got a rib Smart. shot right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. So a good week for Elliott. And I'm going to put you on the spot with, with a final question here, Eric. Mm-hmm. At 22, you're the Buffalo Bills. And, I, and look, I understand. Oh it's January 23rd. Thursday when we're recording this so we have a long way to go in this process but who is who, who is your your guy right now if you if I were to say mock him right now and you can have your choice of a guy that's going to be realistically there who are the bills taking there 
I think the Bills are going to trade up for Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, point, 2.0. Jeez. Ah, <laughs> I mean, it would be the smart thing. They don't have the balls to do it. No, but. no, no. I'm just, I'm just trolling you there, yeah. bro. Uh, no, I mean, like I said, it's between DN and wide receiver. I, I, I think if Higgins makes it there, I think he's the Dude. guy that's been rumored to be, you know, the, the apple of their eye. But uh, they do need one of those two positions, and – as as you know, deep as this wide receiver class is, how many of those are going to be immediate playmakers mm. in the same with the traits that Josh Allen needs? Right, because he needs weapons around him. So because uh, Denzel Mims like is like that kind of guy, but he may be a guy that doesn't really break out till year two, year three. Sure, right? yeah. yeah, exactly. And so uh, Higgins has played in a lot of big games. Yeah, and you know he's produced. So um, he's a guy that the Bills would like, and and especially because again, experience is a big thing for Sean McDermott and his staff. Mm. Eric, thank you for joining me here. Let the gentle listeners know where they can follow you, where they can follow all of your great work. Yeah, I also write for The uh, the Athletic, uh, Buffalo, and you can find me on Twitter at cover underscore one underscore. And uh, make sure to follow all our guys, cover1.net. Again, that's our website. We do uh, a lot of draft stuff. Russell Brown, Brad Kelly, Zach Hicks, Christian Page. Those guys banged out content all week, did a great job. I know, you know a couple of them joined you this yep. week, um, and we always appreciate you you know, giving us some exposure. Of course, bud. <laughs> so that's going to do it for this BGN Draft special. We thank Eric for joining us. Remember, smash that subscribe button. Follow at BGN underscore radio. Keep checking Bleeding Green Nation for all of your Eagles news, and we'll catch you next time here at Draft Central here at BGN Headquarters. And...